Hello and welcome to Let's Enter the Arena. I'm your host, VM Campos, and this is the podcast where I talk with a member of the Magic the Gathering community, where we focus on Magic Arena. I've got a return guest. Michaela is back. Hello. Thank you for being on the show again. Yes, thank you for having me. So in this uh, follow-up episode, we're going to get deep into some cards. We're going to pick some cards, talk about what we like about them, which... These can be power cards. These can be jank cards. These can be, these can be cards that we just like the the mythos behind them, or the art, or anything we want. So I've got uh, I've got my three. What about yourself? I've got my three picked. Okay, great. So let me start off with um, absorb. This is the instant. Uh, this is the multicolored instant. It's one white mana plus blue blue, and it's a good old counterspell. So I like how it sort of harkens back to the classic counter spell, which is just blue, blue. But then this will work also in an Azorius deck with a splash of white and you gain three life. So, you know, you can never have enough counter spells, I suppose. Very true. And, you know, it's actually kind of funny you named that card. Um, that one actually almost made my list. <laughs> I highly considered it because... Um... I also, I love the card. You know, I've been playing, I've played some Esper. I was playing my Bant Flash deck. Mm-hmm. Both of those played the card. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you know, in a matchup like Mono Red, it's just yeah. great value. Yeah, that extra three life. Uh, first, when people, uh, when it was spoiled, now this is a reprint from an earlier card, but it hasn't been around in a while, I guess. But when it was first spoiled, people were like, well, uh, why don't I just go with a regular old counterspell? Why do I have, have to also you know, put in the white, but you're perfectly right about that. If you're dealing with burn, that extra three life can definitely save you a turn or a move more so that you can get your strategy going. Very true. And I like that it's not, it's not too overpowered. Like you have to have the right color of mana to cast it. It's pretty, it's a mana intensive card. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, like with a deck like mono red, they can play around it to an extent. So Mm -hmm. it's not like it just destroys mono red on its own. It's a very good against mono red, but you know, it's not mm-hmm. not unbeatable. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, what do you think about it being a, a rare, uh, a ra- uh, you know, the rarity of it being rare? You know, like I don't, I don't know that has to be a rare for limited because I don't even, like, I don't think that you'd really like pick it as a rare for limited. I'm not, mm-hmm. not totally good with the, you know, why we call we make a card a rare or mythic. You know, I know there's like mm-hmm. considerations with limited and like how many of the cards you want out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of feel like it's one of those cards that could possibly be like more of an uncommon, but mm-hmm. I'm sure, I'm sure, you know, Watsi has a reason for having it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. Especially since apparently, according to the history, it has not been printed since the year 2000 with Invasion. So 18 years later, 19 years later, they have not changed the rarity of it. And I, it seems like they, uh, they, they got it right the first time they printed it. Yeah, so, you know, I could definitely see that being the thought, or, you know, maybe just it being a throwback, you know, leave it the same rarity. Mm-hmm. Well, what about your card? What did you pick? Okay, so my first card is my absolute favorite card in the format, and that is Hydroid Crisis. Mm-hmm. And I think I talked about this the last time, mm-hmm. and basically I just, you know, the last time I played Standard's um, Sphinx's Revelation was a card, and mm-hmm. I absolutely love that card, and Hydroid Crisis kind of has, you know, that same feel, except for you get a creature out of it, mm-hmm. and it's it's pretty cool, you know. Great, really get a good life swing with it, and then you know that card advantage is huge, and 
you know, get a get a big body on the board as well. Yeah, and I've seen people play it that even in the early game, even if you can only make it a you know, a 2-2 two -two or whatever, if you've barely got enough mana to put it together, you get a body, you get a card. Uh, now, it does round down, actually, so you do have to have at least... Um, yeah, even if you do, you know, one green, one blue, and one more green, that still gives you a 1-1 one, one and one card, right? Um, well, no. Actually, if you do... Um, if you cast for three mana total then um it's no you don't get any cards or life gain oh okay it. it's yeah it's half one. that's Which, right it's half of it you know i've been there you know i've had it casted as a one one you don't <laughs> like doing it but mm. at least it kind of gives you that option to do it if you absolutely have to mm, okay yeah so it is definitely better later in the game but yeah even at a couple of turns in with a little bit of a mana sink into it you get that value creature plus the spell plus the life if necessary and you get a fun little jellyfish hydra beast to call your own yes those those simic researchers <laughs> doing work i did a quick search on scryfall for everything called crasis because i thought it'd be only the only one and no there's been a few other crises throughout the throughout the years okay i I'm curious about what those are, actually. There's a battering crisis, bounding crisis, Darkwing or Drakewing crisis. Yeah, there's a few crises out there, and uh, I thought this would have been the first one, but uh, those Simic have been doing their wacky things for a while. Yeah, I feel like battering crisis sounds familiar. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, hey, this is our third time in Ravnica, right? Yes. So. Yeah, that battering one. Uh, it's a three. It's mono green, so it's two uh, generic plus one green, and you get a two-one fish beast. It has trample, and it has evolve, which is you know the old type of adapt. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you can maybe do a crisis uh, a crisis tribal deck. There's uh, six others to choose from besides hydroid crisis. That's certainly a theme. <laughs> mm-hmm. I might be more into like making the squirrel deck over the crisis deck first. Oh but. sure, that'd be fun. Did you play any uh, unstable when when it was out? Um, I believe I bought like some of the packs just because they were pretty silly. Mm -hmm. Um, and but no, never like really played it. I actually put together a monocolored sort of like party box of unstable, so I I did get enough boosters to create you know not amazing decks but enough decks for mono red mono black etc of each color uh in unstable and there were plenty of uh, squirrel tokens out there and rolling dice and all of the shenanigans that unstable entailed i gotta break out that party uh party box again for our next get together nice nice <laughs> yeah i like those packs for the lands i had all my, oh, all, yeah. my all my pretty lands for a long time so yeah, I cracked one uh, foil island, so I'm happy about that. I don't have it in any decks because it's sitting on my shelf in its uh, bulletproof case. <laughs> Where it belongs. <laughs> yes. All right, my uh, second card, I like Angelic Exaltation. So this is the enchantment for four mana. That's one white plus three more. Uh, whenever a creature you control attacks alone, it gets plus X plus X until end of turn where X is the number of creatures you control. So I kind of like really a lot the flavor of that, that one of your lone creatures is going to attack and the others are hanging back and it's getting all of the power 
of the creatures that that hang back. And especially if you've got a flyer or a trampler, that could be pretty devastating. You've got a plus X, plus X creature. You've got maybe a lot of tokens, maybe some, uh, you know, some afterlife tokens are filling up your side of the board and you could get a big creature out of that. Yeah, I definitely, I could see that card being a lot of fun, you know, with some like, some kind of fun constructed builds and also definitely limited bomb for mm-hmm. sure. You know, a lot, a lot of people don't have that enchantment removal, so you can yeah. stick that and it really, really makes, you know, your opponent's options limited. Um, mm-hmm. I think I remember from the mythic championship coverage, you know, um, just some people talking like, oh man, I had to pass the ex- um, exaltation to my opponent and <laughs> that's what like lost me uh. that match. So mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah, it's a very solid limited card. Actually, I drafted it yesterday. So. Oh, cool. I am uh, going to play my first match of Brawl tomorrow with some real uh, people in real life. Uh, everyone decided, well, it's going to be, we're going to have spring break next week. So this is, uh, I'm part of a, a a card game club at the local college and they're going to have spring break. So they wanted to do, let's do one game of Brawl. We've never played it and let's just try it one time. So I was putting together a Brawl deck with uh, the Angelic Exaltation. Uh, so we'll see how it goes. Okay, nice. Good luck with that. Yeah. I, I might put it into a, a regular constructed Orzhov deck. I'm trying to do some sort of a spirit afterlife constructed thing with some Basilica Bell Haunts and maybe the Exaltation, and I'll see what I can put together. Yeah, those 1-1 tokens are much better when, you know, you're attacking with them for mm-hmm. 5 to 10 instead of yeah. just the 1. Yeah, and if you have uh, Tesa. Uh, she uh, she doubles the production of uh, of token generation because when something dies, you you do its effect again, so you would get even more tokens. Yep, good synergy. Mm-hmm. So the flavor text on this: If we cannot have peace, we will have justice. That's kind of an interesting take, and that comes from Aurelia. Oh, I mean, yeah, she definitely goes with that card very well. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. And I guess if you look carefully at the art, that might be her uh, in the middle of that archway. Can't quite see a big version of the art, but I see some angel with a big sword uh, full of light, and she's the only one attacking. He or she's the only one attacking. So I'm gonna say it might be Aurelia right in the right in the card. Very well, could be. <laughs> What's your second card? Um. So my second card is. Not really on brand for me, <laughs> but it is a card I've been casting quite a bit recently. It's Light Up the Stage, oh. and that's um, two mana and a red sorcery, and it's exile the top two cards of your library until the end of your next turn. You may play those cards, and it has a spectacle cost of one red mana. Mm-hmm. And the reason I like this card is because like, it just it's pretty game-changing for Mono Red to be able to play it as a 4 of. Um you know, like one of the things that can kind of happen when you're playing mono res, you just you run out of gas and yeah. like light up the stage is like, you know, you can kind of start filling back up your hand and um, get some spells to play. You know, there are downsides. You know, sometimes you sometimes you have to play a land before you you know in order to play it, and then mm. you just see two lands, so you don't really. At least you're getting the lands off the top of your deck, but you, yeah. know, you don't get the value of playing that land, or you reveal a card that you can't cast, or it doesn't like really work. But mm-hmm. overall, the card advantage is pretty huge with that card it's very good 
Yeah, it's like having two extra cards in your in your hand if you had your 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 full seven in hand, which of course will never happen in a red player. But if you have uh, your your full hand, you've got two more in exile that you could cast until your next turn with that spectacle cost. I've had people cast like two of them in one turn, and they've got like four extra cards there in exile that they could take advantage of. Yeah, why not? I mean, I think the only time this card has actually been just awful for me is I cast it on turn two and revealed two experimental frenzies. <laughs> that was actually, I only played two in my deck, so that was actually just extremely unlucky. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that's like the complete opposite of uh, of of the of the play that you want. Yeah, not what I was looking for in that situation. I think I remember that this one was one of the first spoiled cards when we were in Ravnica Allegiance spoiler season and it was like the Italian version. Do you do you remember that? Did you follow that on social media? So I really didn't since I was just getting back into magic when oh. all the spoilers were coming out. I really wasn't looking at anything that close at the time. Mm-hmm. So a few I people missed all the spoilers. Oh. A few people had started to reveal uh, some of these cards, and I remember this one because I'm I'm looking at it on Scryfall. The couple of prints, one of them is the promo print, which is like kind of an interesting border, uh, much more focused on red uh, colors. But I I remember that one being like an Italian uh, revelation, and spectacle in 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 Italian is a different kind of word, and people were trying to translate. Well, what is spectacle? But it was like a slightly different because you know language you can translate language, mm-hmm. but sometimes you translate. Uh, things better in a slang sort of way and no one was able to figure out well what are they trying to what is what does this spectacle mean and the promo does not have an explanation of what spectacle means that's funny can't really plan for that situation i guess when you're trying to um reveal those new mechanics and yes and that just reminds you that this this game is a global game you know uh, so many countries and territories have access to magic and so many different players and play styles and again that's one of the great things that, that i like about this game it's it's global everyone can get into it everyone has you know their their version of it so to speak yeah for sure that's cool that they have like the preview card in only italian yeah it's interesting that this one is uh, uncommon so then in theory it gets out to more people, uh, especially uh, in limited. So uh, I guess people, I think people have had some pretty crazy games where they've been able to do more than one of these in a deck. Yeah, um, I could definitely like seeing that in like a really good Rakdos deck or like a really good Gruel deck could be pretty, pretty insane limited. I still haven't figured out this limited format, so mm-hmm. I don't know what's actually good, but I like card draw. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Uh, speaking of not quite figuring it out, I, I streamed yesterday. I stream every Saturday, 11 a.m. and 11 p.m., uh, and it didn't go that well. I just felt that I wasn't able to put together uh, a limited deck. Uh, I was I was drafting uh, Ravnica Allegiance, and I just didn't feel in, in the morning or the evening stream. I just didn't quite feel like I was putting something together. I tried to do a... Um, What's the what's that goat card? Gatecrasher Ram? Um, is Gatecrasher Ram or Gatebreaker Ram? I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, so that little guy, I was trying to do a build around of it, but I didn't get any more of those rams, so there was only one of and um i was trying to get the the gates for it and i did also get a one of the uh what's that one artifact 88 big ol uh uh, artifact creature that 
you can summon it faster. It's like is in... It, is it Gate Colossus? Yeah, Gate Colossus. Yeah. So I thought I'd be able to put together a Gates deck, uh, but I only got one of each of those, and it just didn't come together. So I'm still trying to figure out the format as well. Oh, yeah. I've, I've tried going for the Gates deck, and it just... I, I think I've ended up in a situation. I end up with one of each of those, and then the rest of my <laughs> deck is just kind of sketchy. Mm-hmm. And... You know, you get some awkward draws and you don't get there and, you know, you don't you don't draw the Gatebreaker Ram that you um, Mm -hmm. pick one, pack one and Mm -hmm. you're not in a good spot. Yeah, I I think Gates works better in Constructed and I think I've just seen too many people play it so well on Constructed that I had the audacity to think I could do it in Limited. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Sometimes you can, but Mm -hmm. not every time. Sometimes it's a trap. Yeah. Well, my third card is Angel of Grace. This is an angel. It's a 5-4 with flying and flash. Uh, She costs uh, white, white, and three more. And her text is, when she enters the battlefield, until end of turn, damage that would reduce your life total to less than one reduces it to one instead. So you can flash in, you can flash her in when, like, you're, you're at the edge of the cliff, uh, to, to rescue you, maybe from like a burn player. And then her second ability is four and a white white and exile her uh, from your graveyard and your life total becomes 10. So even when she's in the graveyard, she can come back and kind of save you from the from the jaws of defeat. So again, funny that you picked this card. Um, <laughs> it was another one I had considered. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this is another card I've played in standard. I also love it. Um, you know, just... It's a good trick in, you know, for multiple ways. Like, you know, it keeps you from dying. It also is a great blocker. Mm-hmm. And, you know, can also have that value if it does die that, you know, you get to go back up to 10 life the next turn if you have the six mana. Yeah. Um, yeah, I actually, I did open one in a draft yesterday. It was great when I drew it. Yes. Didn't draw it very often, but... Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, a mythic rare card, so it's even harder to, to crack. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I was going to say, I really like the like the artwork on her and just how they like designed the armor. Yeah. She kind of reminds me of like a League of Legends character actually. Oh, we we don't talk about that on this podcast, sorry. Oh, we don't, sorry. Just okay. kidding, just kidding. Okay. <laughs> just kidding. Um yes, uh League of Legends. I haven't played it very much, but I kind of see their commercials and I see their uh their cosplay and like yeah, that's a great fan base right there, I think, and their artwork um and they're types of creatures. They're called, um, don't tell me, don't tell me, they're called uh, heroes? Is that what? Is that what they're called when you pick a particular, or champion, right? Champion. Champions. I think they're champions. Yeah, I, I'm not, I'm a very, very, very casual league player on occasion. Like, I probably have not played in like a year. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I always kind of find like the costumes and stuff from it pretty cool. And like, yeah. yeah, looking at her artwork, that's what that kind of, kind of reminds me of. I like how they mimic the purple tones of her uh, cape, I suppose, or, or sash with the with the wings. I think that's a great sense of continuing that color motif. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it's beautiful, and just like just the, how they drew the lighting in there too is just yeah. It's and I also see like red hair plus that other red uh, accent on her clothing, cool shield. Uh, who's the artist on this? Ryan Yi. Yeah, that's uh, that's really cool art. It gives you like a sense of of her floating and uh, just being a very powerful presence if you can if you can summon her. Mm-hmm. Very true. In real life, I I actually cracked three of them. 
um, two that were regular uh, regular print, and then the the third was a was a foil. So I was about to have a play set of all four of them. Uh, I think that'd be overkill in a deck, but uh, I actually sold off two of them and kept one, and then bought other cards. That's fair. You know, it's not more more of a sideboard card right now. Yeah. What about your third card? So my third card, funny enough, kind of pairs with Angel of Grace quite well. Mm -hmm. Um, It's Wilderness Reclamation. Mm. And I know this is kind of a controversial card, you know. (laughs) Some people think Wilderness Reclamation is the problem and, you know, not Nexus of Fate. Mm. But I actually really, really like like the card. So it's um, three mana and a green enchantment. And at the beginning of your end step, untap all lands you control. Mm -hmm. It's an uncommon. And... I kind of like seeing like the different constructed decks out there with this. You know, you have the um, teamer reclamation deck that you know your goal is to cast a really big um, explosion, mm-hmm. draw a bunch of cards, mm-hmm. and that's pretty cool. Um, where I've used it a lot is I was playing, you know, like my little the Bant Flash build that I was playing, mm-hmm. and um, what was nice about that is you know I land that I get on tap and hold up a counter spell or hold up Angel of Grace. Mm-hmm. You know, and then the next turn after that, I get a drop a Teferi and then, you know, still untap all my land, <laughs> hold up a counter spell or something. And, yeah. you know, it's kind of fun. It's kind of going to take two turns, basically. Yeah. Um, you know, there's ways to fun ways to play it that don't, like, completely abuse it into a non-fun thing. Mm-hmm. Now, this is the one that I have not played. Um, I think I tried to play it once. Uh, yeah, that was yesterday on the stream. I think the 11 p.m. stream somewhere. I tried to play it and I, I just couldn't quite get it because i see other people playing it and they play it very well but i think my my the, the reason i'm not quite playing it too well is okay i i think it's slightly advanced for me okay it untaps everything sure but you can you can do tricks with it right in that you you tap all your lands at your end step and then they untap and then you can is it just me or is that is that, is that how it works that you can get like double land out of it or it just simply untaps everything Yep, yep. So, yep, at, and at the end of turn, when the trigger's on the stack, you can tap all your lands, and then they untap, and then you can retap them, so you mm-hmm. basically end up with double the mana. So if you have something like Explosion that, you know, mm-hmm. deals X damage and draws X cards, you've, you know, cast that for, you know, mm-hmm. over twice as much as what you would have mm-hmm. originally cast it for, and that would only, pretty cool. And that would only work with, with instants, or you're at your end step, you're not able to cast anything else besides instants, right? Yeah, only thing that's instant, you know, instant speed mm. or, you know, has flash. Oh, okay. Hmm, okay. Yeah, that makes more really sense. A, yeah, you can't abuse it with something like hydroid crisis. Well, mm. like, as in you can't abuse it to make a bigger hydroid crisis, but it does, like, I like how it works with hydroid crisis, and you can cast a hydroid crisis and then untap all your lands mm. and hold up a counter spell the next turn. Mm-hmm. Or you know, hold up something, you know, a trick or just, just anything. Hmm. So. All right. That, that makes sense. Uh, flavor text is walls crack, buildings fall, always the wilds return. Domri raid. Yep. That again, right. seems like the right planeswalker reference for that card. Yeah. I haven't read up on all of the lore, but it seems like, uh, there's like this sec, this guild, you know, this segment of society, everyone in, in gruel that is trying to get back to nature and destroy the civilization all around them it seems yeah i don't know much about lore i just know you know Domri raid um you know that card always because there's been two of them printed if i remember right and both times they've involved adding mana mm-hmm. so hmm. um, 
kind of kind of seems like like they go together in that sense mm-hmm. like outside the lore that i don't know a whole lot about mm-hmm. yeah there's just kind of a lot to keep track of uh, if you're going to anything outside of the cards there's just lots of lore out there and i was following the lore when i got back into uh, magic after hour of devastation I was reading the stories there, so I read the stories between Hour of Devastation and Dominaria. I didn't get through Dominaria all the way, so uh, I don't know what's happened between Dominaria, uh, M19, and both of the Ravnicas, really. But it seems like uh, interesting stories going on. Oh, for sure. There's a lot of lore out there, and yeah, I don't, I know very little of it. I think I've read up about Jace, and that's about it. <laughs> People said that his Ixalan version has been the best version of Jace, and I think I agree, even though I don't have much of a uh, knowledge of him before Ixalan. Uh, I'm someone who played Jace the Mind Sculptor, so I have to disagree with that. <laughs> oh. In what way? Um, oh, no, that card was just busted. Oh, no, no, I'm talking, I'm talking about just the lore. Uh, Card-wise, oh, yeah, okay. definitely okay. Mind Sculptor's amazing, okay. but lore-wise... Uh, oh, I guess I, I don't know like anything about the Ixalan lore, actually. Um, pretty much the lore I read was just general like jace lore so i'm not sure how it mixes in basically he lost his memory and became a cool pirate and hung out with Vraska, and they almost smooched hmm. <laughs> i've not heard that part of it but <laughs> certainly sounds interesting yeah uh, people were really shipping them uh during that plot line because apparently they had bad blood on a previous ravnica and then well jace had lost his memory so suddenly he was kind of a new person and she was going to kill him because of his last time they had the interaction but then he lost his memory so then she's like well he's not so bad maybe and then they were on a pirate ship together and they were searching for the immortal sun stuff like that it was fun this sounds like quite the (laughs) rom-com yes well, I think we've picked some good cards here. Uh, I think I'm going to catch up to you on your mythic level any day now with the cards that I picked and the ones that you picked. Oh, yeah, certainly. They could all work together. <laughs> yes. Well, would you like to promote anything where people can find you online? Yeah. So on Twitter, I am Mythic Michaela, And, you know, I tweet about magic. Sometimes I tweet memes. I like mm-hmm. to make graphs. Hmm. Um, and then on which I stream Monday, Wednesday, and Friday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern, and I'm Kyrie MTG on there. Great. I'll put your links in the show notes so everyone can come and visit you. Great. Thank you. As for myself, I stream uh, Saturdays, 11 a.m. and 11 p.m. Pacific Time, and I'm also on Twitter, and I'm on Patreon. I'm pretty much VM Campos everywhere, uh, except YouTube. I'm VM Campos JR. I had to throw in the JR in there. And uh, I'm just kind of a little bit uh, all over the place. And I've got VMCampos.com, although I don't do very much there. So basically, I'm over at Twitter and all that other great stuff. Well, Michaela, thank you so much for visiting the podcast again. Yes, thank you for having me back. No problem. We've got to do it again. Absolutely. Maybe next set. Like we can talk about more cards. Yes, I'm planning on uh, maybe when the next uh, spoilers for uh, MTG Guar. I, you know, that's funny. I see it when I see the hashtag. I think Guar as in the band instead of MTG War. I don't know if you're familiar with the band Guar. I am familiar with the band Guar. <laughs> Have not listened to them, but I am familiar. Mm-hmm. So that's what I see whenever I see that hashtag. I think MTG Guar. That's really funny. <laughs> All right, so well, this has been uh, VM Campos, and I'll see you in the arena 